Big news, everybody. Dan and I are playing London's O2 Arena. Yes. Well, not the whole arena. I mean, not a lot of people realise that there's that there's other bits of it. So if you just say the O2. Fine, I'm happy with like, that. It's not a lie, is it? So That's true. Dan and I are playing the O2 Arena London, our biggest gig yet at Cineworld. And you can be there. This is the Just for Laughs Festival. It's happening on Sunday, the 5th of March. Um, we've got some amazing guests. TBA, it's going to be good. There's some amazing people on the lineup, including Graham Norton, Catherine Ryan, and we can't wait to see you at Just for Last Festival. So get your tickets right now. Go to gaynongay.com. Yeah, it's in the afternoon of Sunday, the 5th of March. So if you're in London, come down. If you're not, come down to London or come up to London. Sorry, not everybody lives above London or in London. You okay, Dan? Some people live in Brighton. You're right. Quite a few of our listeners, in are, fact, are you okay? Live in Brighton. Yeah, 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 I'm cool. Great. They know what they're doing. I'm just, I'm just not a London, uh, London wanker. Oh, really. are you not? No, no, no. Oh, no. I thought you were. No, no, oh, no. Oh, that's so funny. I've got, one, I've got one foot on in the rest of the country. Right. <laughs> so relatable and real. Yeah, exactly. Visit gainongay.com to get tickets, and we'll see you in 2023. Coming up. It, I mean, just be safe. Be careful. Be. Aware of your surroundings, know your exits. I mean, this is happening just too much. A Gay and a Non-Gay is a podcast from James Barr and Dan Hudson. Two unlikely friends take on the world. A Saturday night out turned tragic in Colorado Springs. At least five people are now dead. 18 people are now hurt after a shooting at an LGBTQ nightclub. It's called a safe haven for those in the community. That took place overnight. And now that sense of safety is gone. Hello and welcome to A Gay and a Non-Gay. I'm James Barr. I'm gay. He's Dan Hudson. He's a non-gay. And today's episode might be a difficult listen for some of us. Yeah, so you might have heard our episode last week when we were talking about the events in Colorado Springs at Club Q nightclub. Five people were killed and over 25 people suffered gunshot wounds in a mass shooting in Club Q during a drag show on November the 19th. Barrett Hudson was one of the survivors from the attack. Uh, He was shot seven times and we're delighted to welcome him on the podcast today from Charlotte, North Carolina. Thanks so much for taking the time out to speak to us. How are you doing? I'm actually doing really good. As soon as I got back to Charlotte, we got a second opinion and everything because the hospital was just going crazy with everybody. So I'm about to start physical therapy in probably a week or so. But otherwise than that, I'm doing I'm doing pretty good. What is the second opinion? Is it the same as the first one? Yeah, it was. They actually, uh, the doctor said they did a really good job, and he would have done the same thing. So that was delightful to hear because I wasn't sure, and um, they left three bullets in which kind of bothers me, but I guess the tissue and everything can grow around it, but I'm still like, ah. Part of my back, I can't feel anything. The lower part, I can't really feel. And in the front, I can feel. The front is where they went in and had to do surgery to get to the back. So there's like holes in my front and my back. You know, it might be more mental than physical, but yeah, they're still there. So are you going to be setting off metal detectors at airports forevermore? Is that the... (laughs) Funny. That's funny. They made a joke about that. And I I said, um, did you get all the bullets out? And they were like, I wouldn't go to a metal detector. A gay and a non-gay. Can you take us back to what happens? So I just moved to Colorado Springs maybe four or five weeks ago. So I just moved there and I've been going there for years. So I know people. So me and one of my friends decided to go check out this club. And this was my first night going out. So we got to the club, there was no security. There was this older lady that was maybe like 50, 60 years old uh, working the front door. So we walk in, give them our, you know, our ID, and you walk down a hall. And then you walk down another, you walk out another set of doors. 
So when, you, when someone's coming in, you can't see anything. And we were like two seconds from leaving. And I can't remember correctly, but I think I stood up to leave. And my friend was about to stand up, if I remember correctly. And then we heard several pops. And gunshots in the club, I've never heard them up until now, are like popping balloons. They're loud, it echoes a little bit, but it's still in the background. The music was definitely louder than the gunshots. So the gunshots, like I said, were in the background. I heard about between seven to 12 pops. You know, nobody's seen anything. And then I look right and I see the door shut. And I see this man standing there with an AR-15. As soon as he walked out, he was just right up on a group of people. I, I think some of them survived, but I, I know some of them didn't. He was maybe three to four feet from those people. And I remember the dude opened, put his hands up and backed up. And all you saw was the fire from the gun. And that's when I like, in my head, it, it was like, oh crap, this is real. And I, I go to run out the back, which everyone's go, running everywhere. And I'm getting shot. I remember I fall. I get back up. I keep running. I could see through the, through the doors opening and the, the back of the doors, I could see that the, there was a trailer outside and I could see that getting hit with bullets as I was running. And I got hit seven times, five of them went in me, two of them uh, just clipped me. And I run out the back, I jump the fence, I run like 30 yards, I hop off this ledge, which was about like 15, man, about 15 feet if you include the, the fence that was in front of it. And then I run across the street to 7-Eleven. I was bleeding out there. They cut me my clothes off. It took forever to get an ambulance. My like come to Jesus moment was when they started counting out how many times I had been shot. Once they got to five, that's when I got my cell phone and I called my dad. I was just like, I'm probably not gonna make it. That's the part of the story that usually chokes me up and I cry at. So I'm trying not to cry. But um, I called him, I called my best friend, I called another person, and um, I got to the hospital. They told me, they finally got me out of surgery, and they were like, all the bullets missed, and I'm still here. And that's my story. When you phoned your dad and your friend, what did you say, and how did you feel about everything? Well, my dad's the only one that answered, because it was like 12-ish at night, so I didn't really expect anybody to answer. But um, basically, you know, I love you. And um, I've been shot, and we're waiting on an ambulance. I didn't tell him I was going to, I thought I was going to pass away, because I was trying to be strong. Throughout the whole thing, I never lost consciousness. They said that I talked in full sentences the whole time. Did your life literally flash before you? Did it flash before me? If it did, it was when I was laying on the sidewalk in front of 7-Eleven. I did look up at the stars for one minute and just look up. I didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, um, bleeding from both my elbows. I got shot in both elbows, but it missed the bone, thank God, and what well, clipped me, but it's still pretty bad. So I'm bleeding from both elbows. They don't know where all the blood's coming from. So I think in the time when they were counting out the shots was my kind of flashing. When this was happening, did any part of you think that this was a motivated attack because it was a queer venue oh 100 percent. it was a hate crime i mean I, I don't see how it wouldn't be a hate crime i don't know if you've heard i haven't heard i don't know anything about the shooter i know the fbi is like messaging me about updates about like the trial and stuff like that but yeah i don't know too much other than just like what had happened to me and i'm just trying to just stay in my own lane and it 
you know, I don't care to see a, a picture of his face. And I saw half of it. I saw like this half when, um, and that was enough. I don't really care to, I'm you, trying not to let him affect me. That's definitely the right decision, I feel. Are you gay yourself or bisexual? Or yeah, how, yes, sir. You're gay. How do you feel about being gay after this? That's a weird question. <laughs> that is a very weird question. Still gay. Um, let, yeah, still, still gay. <laughs> yeah. Somebody asked me, and if I can preach this, this would be the one thing that I like to preach. Gay bars are supposed to be safe for LGBTQ. And right now, they're one of the most dangerous places I think you could, we could go. It's such a small percentage of, of, of one of them getting shot up that you're at. But until it happens to you, you're not going to understand it. And the, I think one of our gay bars in Charlotte just did is they got armed security, like off-duty police officers or security guards that can carry guns. Because how, how else are you going to stop somebody from coming to the club? Security's not going to stop somebody with a, you know, that's coming to shoot it up. They're going to get shot first. I know that more guns, I hate to say that more guns is the answer, but I feel, I mean, that's just how I feel that the club owners, bar owners need to really step it up. I just can't understand how I would deal with that. Like, I think being gay is very difficult as it is without then being faced with. You already feel shame as a gay person, I imagine. And then that happens. Like, how do you reconcile those things? How do you, how do you stand proud and say, fuck you, I'm a gay man and I'm happy to be who I am? Um, I think just, so I had just moved to Colorado and I'm back home in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, like doing healing and all this stuff because my family's here i just think for me i've just got to keep going on with your life so i got to move back out like once i heal up and and like go back out to colorado because you know if i let him affect me then that means i'll stay in charlotte you know what i mean just keep on going public defenders say quote anderson aldrich is non-binary they use they them pronouns i don't know what to say about that i mean that's not anything that we had heard from his background you know people have been looking into his background and uh, I don't know if anybody here, are you guys lawyers? I no. mean, you know, I don't know if, the, I, I don't know what to say about that. I mean, th that's what he's now saying. I know you said you were trying to avoid seeing him or anything. So I don't know whether you know about this or not, but um, did you hear that the alleged attackers, lawyers are saying that they want to be described as non-binary and what their pronouns are? Have you heard that? Yeah, I don't quite understand that one. I I've heard that a few times. And I, I think that's just, uh, I don't think he was meant to be called a lot. I think at the end of these things that it's a suicide attempt. Yeah. Because, I mean, the guns are in his name. You're definitely getting caught. Something messed up along the lines. And, you know, two civilians, uh, retired army vets took him down. What case do you have to plead? He can identify as anything, but at the end of the day, you did what you did. I think it's still a hate crime. I think it should still be balls to the wall with punishment. Not we should light up on him or her or they, you know, because they want to identify. They're just trying to pull any string they can pull. I want to tell you something that my friend said to me. Oh, God, it's not, it pales in it's, uh, such insignificance. But after the Pulse shootings, I went to New York and I said to my friend, I'm scared to go to gay bars right now. I don't want to go to a gay bar. So we're not doing that. And she's a straight woman. And she was like, no, you are going to go to a gay bar. And if we get shot at, I'm going down with you. And that just meant a lot. And now, obviously, I haven't been in that situation. But to hear my friend and ally say, no, we're going to stand there and we're going to protest together was pretty meaningful. What you've been through is completely different to me just walking into New York and being like, I'm so scared. <laughs> <laughs>
but I just know that there are a lot of people that would just knowingly stand with you in that moment. Thank you. Thank you. Do you have anything you want to tell the world, like our, our gay listeners? It, I mean, just be safe. Be careful. Be aware of your surroundings. Know your exits. I mean, this is happening just too much. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast. We really, really appreciate your time. You're, oh, thank you guys for having me. You're an absolute legend and a hero to, to many people around the world. So thank you for, for coming on. Please do take care. Look after your mental health. That's the most important thing protect yourself and thank you so much for for your time and please stay in touch with us thank you guys